0: book of jude and god willing will be expounding oh i've been reminded not to forget the ladies fellowship which will be this coming saturday tammy this coming saturday a royal affair so it's going to be a nice nice deal so uh if you are have not received an invitation and want to come to that uh saturday at what time tammy four o'clock it's in the invite. All right. Four o'clock, and that's p.m. for those of y'all who wondered. All right. Four o'clock here, p.m. All right. Book of Jude. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 12 this morning. The title of the message is, Sunken Rocks and Empty Clouds. Sunken Rocks and Empty Clouds. For the past three weeks, we've been studying three men in the Bible that Jude has used to illustrate what false teachers are like. And that the false teachers, Jude said that, had crept into the church unnoticed by the members. And and they have, and they've still permeated the church, and they're still in it today. Uh, and now in Jude verse 12, he's going to continue describing Uh, Since they've crept in the church, we have named them creepy clergy. But uh, he is going to continue describing these creepy clergy. But instead of using more historical examples of men to describe them, Jude is now going to give us five analogies, illustrative analogies, so we can picture in our minds what these false teachers are like. Three of these analogies are in verse 12, and the remaining two are in verse 13. So God willing, we're going to divide these five analogies up over the next couple of weeks. And uh, and uh, we'll go ahead and dig into the first two uh, this morning. So let's take God's precious Word and look at the first analogy that Jude uses. And I've entitled this, Sunken Rocks. In a sea of love. The first analogy. Sunken rocks. In a sea of love. Speaking of these creepy clergy. Jude says. Look in your text. These are spots. These are spots. The Greek word translated spots here means. A ledge. Or a reef of rock. That's in the sea. These are spots. Let's pray. Father we thank you for your precious word. I thank you for those who came here this morning. To hear the teaching of your word, dear Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will uh, uh, teach it and apply it to our hearts and receive all honor and glory. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. These are spots. Again, it has the idea in the Greek of a, a ledge or a reef of rock. That's In the sea. And the idea here is a rocky formation. If you could think of this in your mind. That's in the sea. And it sits below the surface of the water. It's covered by water. So if you're a sailor. The rocks are hidden from view. The danger is there. But the sailors are unaware. Of the danger that's present. As they're sailing on the sea. Does that make sense? A lot of ships have been taken down by hidden rocks. And no doubt many lives, as well as precious cargo, have been lost because of sunken rocks or reefs that were unseen by the sailors. And in the same way, I'm sure there have been many churches that were very happy with their pastoral leadership Many churches that that felt their church was going in the right direction. Sailing in the right path. It all seemed like smooth sailing to them. But there was danger lurking beneath their spiritual waters. Dangerous rocks. How about this, Jeremy? Rocky reverends. How about that? Rocky reverends had crept into the church unnoticed. And if they're not detected... The ship will be damaged and some of its crew may actually be lost. The literal translation of the Bible says these are sunken rocks. And Jude says these dangerous rocks, these sunken rocks, look back in your text, are in your feasts of charity. Now remember the word charity in the Bible means love. This could be translated these are hidden rocks in your feast of love. They are spots in your feast of charity. They are sunken rocks in a lovely sea. Now in the Old Testament we're talking about feasts. The people of Israel had many feasts that they had to celebrate throughout the year. And, and when they did they celebrated all different aspects of God's love and provision and grace to them. But every one of those feasts all foreshadowed God's love to us. In the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so now in the New Testament. The church's mission centers and celebrates God's love for us in Jesus. That's our feast. Every feast we have. Every celebration we have. Every Thanksgiving we have. Is centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And his great love for us. Here in his love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's our feast of charity. But Jude says these creepy clergy. Are like sunken rocks in our feast of charity. Look back in your text. When they feast with you. I've underscored in my sermon notes, they feast. Oh, they feast all right. They feast with you. While the church is celebrating the wonderful love of Jesus, these rocky reverends are sunken below the surface among the people. They seem like soft, kind, and lovable little ministers, but they are sharp and jagged like unrighteous rocks, eager to tear into the bottom of the ship. Jude says, they feast with you. All they do, they attend the services, they go through all the outward motions of religious worship, celebrating the grace of God, it appears, but their celebration is not genuine. They are shepherds who are supposed to be feeding the flock. But Jude says they are, look back in your text, who are they feeding? They're feeding themselves. See that? They're feeding themselves. Notice that Jude didn't say they were eating. He said they were feeding. That's the difference between eating and feeding, isn't it? Feeding is what pastors are supposed to do. Remember the apostle Peter told the church's shepherds in 1 Peter 5, 2 to feed the flock of God. And when Peter told the shepherds to feed the flock of God, he was using the same Greek word that's translated feeding here in the book of Jude. In fact, every time this word is used in the New Testament, it is speaking about a leader who is caring for the people under him as a shepherd would care for the flock. The Greek word here literally means to tend to a flock. To tend to a flock, so they're tending to a flock, but they're tending to themselves. But when uh, fast uh, false pastors, rather when 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 uh, they they call their sheep to a feast, that's what they're doing. They have them all come in, have them all sit in the pews. They're false pastors, though they're false shepherds. They have them all get in to be fed, and the only people who are getting fed, though. Are the pastors. The people go hungry. While the shepherds feed themselves. On the sheep. Isn't that something? Paul warned the church about these rocky reverends. In Acts chapter 20. Verse 28 and 29. He said take heed therefore unto yourselves. And unto all the flock. Over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you. Overseers. To feed the church. Of God. Which he hath purchased with his own blood. And then Paul explained why. He said for I know this. That after my departing. Shall grievous wolves enter in among you. Not sparing the flock. They don't care for the sheep. They consume the sheep. They are rocky reverends. They are wolves. In sheep's clothing. The English standard version. Puts it this way. These are hidden reefs. At your love feasts as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves. The New King James Version puts it this way. They feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. Charity is about others, but these false pastors are all about themselves. And you would think that a man would be afraid to mistreat the people of God. But Jude says they are feeding themselves. Look back in your text. How? Without fear. Without fear. Now it's clear that we have no power over our own lives. We are at the mercy of God for every breath we take. Because no matter no matter uh, what, it's not a matter of if we die. It's how and when we're going to die. Isn't that right? I read a quote from Dick Van Dyke recently. Perhaps you've seen it. He said, when I was in my 30s, I exercised to look good. When I was in my 50s, I exercised to stay fit, in my 70s to stay ambulatory, in my 80s to avoid assisted living, and now in my 90s, I'm doing it of pure defiance. (laughs) But he could exercise all he liked. Dick Van Dyke is not exercising anymore. I like to exercise. But no matter how well we take care of our bodies, they're ultimately going to break and we're all going to die with or without your consent, your breath will suddenly cease one day and you will step off into that part of your existence that no living person has ever experienced here on earth. And you'll be at the complete mercy of your Creator. With all that humility, with all that reality that should make us so humble, knowing that we have no control of our own lives when we're going to go, But nevertheless, these creepy clergy have no fear of God. They serve themselves today as if there will be no judgment tomorrow. And speaking of ungodly men, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 3.18, There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's the way these people are. We're looking at the first two of five analogies that Jude gives to describe false pastors. First, they are sunken rocks. In a lovely sea, you better look out for them. But number two, Jude now goes to his second analogy: they are empty clouds in a truthful sky. Empty clouds in a truthful sky. Jude says, "Look back in your text. Clouds, they are clouds. They are." Now think about clouds for a moment. Clouds are God's amazing way. Of efficiently transporting and distributing massive amounts of water across the world. To supply the most essential element of life to every place on earth. Clouds are amazing. The average cloud weighs the, the size of a, a freight train. And it just goes across the sky. The sky is the superhighway of life. If you could think of it like that. And the clouds are the big rigs, which, which uh, James Johnson, Big Rig Johnson was here today. Uh, he's probably watching this on the internet right now. He's out in his truck probably driving down the road. But but the, the sky is the superhighway of life. And the clouds, if you could think of it like that, are like the big rigs on that sky that carry the precious water to us. Spiritually speaking, the Bible says, though, that Jesus is the water of life. As water is essential for us to live physically, so truth is essential for us to live spiritually. Where there is no water, there is no physical life. Where there is no truth, there is no spiritual life. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Like the sky. Now, the church is God's superhighway of spiritual life. The church is the superhighway. It's the sky, if you think of it like that. And the pastors and teachers are the big rigs that carry the precious gospel truth to people that they may live. When we think about the teachers of God's Word, remember what God's Word says they are clouds. But listen to how Jude describes false teachers. Jude says they are clouds, look back in your text, without water. Clouds without water. They are large, shiny tanker trucks with the words drinking water. Rolling down the interstate. Headed to a thirsty city near you where people are dying of spiritual thirst. But the tanks on these trucks are completely dry. They have no truth. They are clouds without water. They are Bible teachers who are void of Bible truth. Like dark gray clouds, they send no water. But dark gray gray clouds, they look like the storms coming, right? These pastors, they have the appearance of life, but they have no life to give. For they are clouds that are, look back in your text, driven about of winds. Driven about of winds. Now I want you to notice the word winds here. It doesn't say clouds driven about of wind. But the winds is in the plural. You see that? In the Bible the winds represent the destructive influence of the sinful world that we live in. If you want to write down in your margin or your notes Matthew chapter 7. Verse 26 through 27, Jesus said, Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be like unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Revelation chapter 7 verse 1 also says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea nor on any tree. Winds are the destructive and demonic influence of this world that drive these waterless windbags across the sky, that move them from church to church. Brother Shepherd was just telling me right before service about uh, a pastor he knew that had been arrested for a particular crime up at uh, at one place. And uh, they finally got rid of him there. And then another church he knew just welcomed him right on into their church. The the, the winds, the demonic influences blow these, uh, these waterless windbags across the sky from church to church, from place to place. And, and Jude is giving us the image of a, a storm brewing on a hot summer day. The temperature begins to fall as these dark gray clouds roll into town. Their overcast provides a relief from the sun. The smell of rain is in the air. The wind's blowing. The people get excited to receive the rain because their land is dry and and they really need the water. But when these clouds come in and they look up to the clouds for help, the people's hopes are ultimately shattered as the wind just carries the clouds right on out of town. We've all experienced storms like that, haven't we? They call oh man, here it comes. We've been needing the rain and it just blows right on by, right on by. That's how it is for people who look to false teachers for help. These pastors thunder in the pulpits. They thunder like promising rain clouds, and the people sat under their teaching hoping to receive some life-giving truth from heaven. But instead of getting water, all the congregation gets is wind, thunder, lightning, and some gray clouds. <laughs> The pastors look like men of God, they talk like men of God, and they dress and they act like men of God. They have all the trappings of a rainstorm. They have everything but the rain. Take your pens and underscore the words carried about in your text. Carried about. These false pastors are carried about by the winds. Now, if the false pastors are carried about by the winds, then what about the people who follow the false pastors' teachings? They would be also carried about by the winds as well, would they not? False pastors are carried about by the winds, and so those who follow them are carried about by the same lying winds these false pastors are carried about. Underscore, or, or rather write in your notes on your margin, Ephesians chapter 4. In fact, you can turn there if you like. Ephesians chapter four, verse fourteen. Ephesians four fourteen. It, 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 Paul says that we should be. Look, if you're there with me, he says, be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men. That means false teachers and cunning craftiness. Whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You see that? Carried about by the winds. And so the people follow those teachings. And they're carried on about by the same winds. How sad to be in church all your life. To have a Bible. To listen to preaching. And you're no better off than when you started. I remember talking to a young lady one time. She had a cross around her neck and, you know, on a necklace. And I asked her where she went to church. And she told me it was one of the popular places in in Athens. All the big hangout, all the... They had a uh, carnival there not too long ago. We drove by and there was a carnival outside. And uh, she said she loved her church and loved her youth group and all that. And I asked her if she knew that she was going to heaven. She said she wasn't sure. I said, I want you to think about something. All the time you've spent in that church. And they still haven't answered the most vital question. That has to be answered in life. Where you'll spend eternity. How sad. How sad. These people are not. These false teachers are not led by the spirit of God. They're carried about by demonic winds. Romans 8.14 says. For as many as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. You know what the Spirit of God gives us? Living water. That if a man drink thereof, he'll never thirst again. That's what Jesus told that woman at the well. If you would have asked me, I'd give you living water. You could drink and never thirst again. Of course, he's speaking spiritually. Not the physical element that gives physical life, but the spiritual truth that gives everlasting life. The Spirit of God gives the living water of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But those who are cared about by earthly winds are not led by the Spirit of God. They have no living water to give. They preach the religion of men to advance them in this dying world. But they reject the redemptive truth of Christ that secures us for the world to come. I know what I want. Man, I know this, this life isn't gonna last long. I preach too many funerals, I've watched too many people die and go, and I can feel my body aging as well. And I know this world's not my home and it's not yours either. We won't be here long. They empty they're empty clouds in a truthful sky. Going around like they're gonna send down rain. Empty clouds in a truthful sky, sunken rocks. In a lovely sea, they are as out of place in church as Lucifer was in heaven. And that's where we'll stop this, this morning. And God willing, we'll take back up with the third illustration next week. Which will be trees whose fruit withereth. Looking forward to getting back into that. And we'll go ahead and we'll close with a word of prayer. And then we'll uh, get into our business meeting Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for your word. We're so glad, dear Father, Lord, that we have a a rock that gives water. Whose side was torn. And those who come to the cross drink of the truth of the gospel. And Lord, one day, even though these bodies rest in the dirt, as Job said many, many years ago, yet in my flesh... I will see God. And Lord, we know you'll raise us again from the dead. That there is an everlasting hope in the everlasting gospel of Christ. And we so thank you for it. It's on that truth we stand. In Jesus' precious name.